0: just want to let you guys know that, but all right, why don't you turn in your Bibles to John chapter six, uh, John chapter six, the book of John, not first John, but John chapter six. And this is, uh, this morning we are jumping um, kind of full into a series that Scott actually kicked off before they left on their sabbatical. Um, so he, the first week of May, so if you missed that week, I really encourage you to go back and listen to that. Uh, Scott kicked off this series called I Am. I am. And he, he talked about even when Moses was called by God to, to go before Pharaoh and, and free the people of God. And he said, who, who should I tell them has sent me? And he says, tell them the I am that I am has sent you. And just the power, there's a power in the phrase I, when God says I am. Okay, and why, why, is, that, why is that so powerful? Well, when, when God, there's a name for God. Especially when he uses one for himself but anytime that there's a name for God there's more than just what they call it. like my name is Matthew it means gift from God I try to remind Courtney of that often um, but really it doesn't mean a whole lot um, uh, so it's just I mean yeah my name means something but it's just most of the time it's just like a label It's what we call ourselves for God it's not so much like that it's not just something we call God it says something about the very nature of God something about who God is and so that's when we have Emmanuel, he's God with us. And that's when we're talking about Jesus, we can call him Emmanuel, because he was with us. God came down to, to be with us. we call him Almighty God. He is almighty, he is all-powerful. It's not just something we call him. And there's a lot of, Hosanna, means God saves, all right? And that's what they, that's what they call, We're calling Jesus when he came into Jerusalem um, uh, on Passover week. The, they mean something more than that. But when, when, in this case, when we're talking about an I am statement, from Jesus, which is what this series is about, we're going to be walking through the I am statements that Jesus made when he says, I am, of course, hearkening back to when God proclaims to be something, but this is even more so um, explicitly statements about who Jesus is. He's saying, I am, and then giving himself a name, okay? And, and, and so there's more to it than just like, uh, just, just something he is called. In this case, it's more particularly who Jesus is for us. So when Jesus said, I am the bread of life, when he said, I am the vine, I am the door, I am the way, the truth, and the life, that's one of the mo- most famous ones, he is saying something not only about who he is by his nature, but what that means for us. It means something for us. And so this is a series, even Scott had said, he was like, he was, he'd never been so excited to, uh, about a series he wasn't gonna preach <laughs> in. And Jeremy and I get that um, privilege. So throughout this summer, We'll have lots of different guest speakers, going to be great, um, but anytime that uh, Jeremy or myself uh, are preaching, we will be talking about an I Am Statement of Jesus, Jeremy next week is going to hit one. In a couple of weeks, we have Teen Challenge, Adult and Teen Challenge from Elkhart with us, Andy Collins, you guys remember him, they're bringing the whole crew, and they're going to do the whole service, worship and everything, it's going to be awesome, so do not miss that, it's the first Sunday in June, but, uh, but for now, you just get me. Just get me doing worship and message, that's it. That's all you get. But, um, but we're gonna jump in to this and today's is in John six thirty five, verse 35. It says, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Would you pray with me over the word of God today? God, we thank you so much for your word. God, we thank you that there's power in the word of God. As your word says it's sharper than any double-edged sword it's able to penetrate. it's like a scalpel it's in it, it, to penetrate and separate things and god i pray you do that in our hearts today change us through your word in jesus name amen amen so I me, mean, let's understand this um anytime you read the bible Context is pretty important. I mean, you see that a lot in the world when people quote something and they take it out of context and they try to use that. So, context is always important. But in some of these these stories, it's 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 even more so important. You know, sometimes too, we also read uh, we, we read the Bible. Um, we're not good at timelines, okay? I, like, several years ago, I was studying some things. Sometimes we look at the Old Testament or even the book of Acts, and we read things like they happened a lot faster than they did. I mean, there'll be a verse that's like 20 years. You know, it's just like, and he continued to be faithful. And the next time we pick up that person, the very next verse it's 20 years later when he's doing, th- you know, whatever it is. And so some of these are years and decades and lifetimes that these things are happening, or sometimes generations, you know, we read the Old Testament, even the book of Acts. I mean, I think we read the book of Acts and we think, like, this happened and this happened and this happened and this happened. It's like, there's like 24 years of the book of Acts. Most of the letters we reference, Ephesians and Colossians and Philippians, those are written during the time of the book of Acts when Paul was at a city for several years and then he left and was somewhere else for a few years and he's writing back to those people. So sometimes we do that. But when it comes to Jesus, sometimes I think we do the opposite where it, like, you know, Jesus was about 30 years old when he started his ministry. And it says about three years he was doing his ministry. So when you're talking about Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, other than some stuff, the ones that mention his birth and some of his time as a childhood, but like the book of John is about, um, his ministry, it's three years, and that's why in the end of the book of John it says, it, um, if you read the last couple sentences, it says there are so. This is only a portion of what what Christ did when He was on the earth. He said, if there was, if we had written everything down, there's not a book big enough on earth that could fit it. And I, I tend to believe Him because there is so much in here, and He says that's just a portion. And sometimes you forget. You guys ever watch like a Uh, You know a sitcom really well and you're like, oh, there's that one classic episode where this happened or this happened. Then you're watching, you're like, oh, I forgot those were together. Like, I forgot that was like the same storyline. Or maybe it's just me. Some of you guys are just like, sitcoms? What's that? Um, I just binge stream stuff, whatever. Okay, but back in the day, we had to watch reruns and that's what we saw. Okay, but It's kind of the same thing, and this story is very much like that. There's some things that are very linked together and happen like boom, boom, boom to get us to this point. So if you go back to the beginning of chapter 6, that's when some people gather in a crowd. Jesus is this huge crowd, and Jesus begins to teach as he goes up on the mountainside. They're on one side of the Sea of Galilee, and he begins to teach. It gets late, and somebody's like, hey, send these people home because they they need to eat, and he's like, well, maybe we should go buy something, and he says he was just testing them because there was no amount of money that was gonna feed this many people that they had, and so then this is where they find the kid. He has five loaves, five barley loaves, and two fish, and he says, that'll be enough. He said he prays, he he gave thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, and they distribute it to everybody, and it says 5,000 people, and a lot of people would claim more because of the way they would have counted people, but either way, thousands of people are fed by these few loaves. And then he sends his disciples around with baskets. He says, pick up the leftovers. And he said, they have 12 baskets full. I don't know how big the baskets were, but regardless, you had five loaves, and afterwards you had 12 baskets full of just scraps and pieces left over. This miraculous thing that happened, okay? Then the disciples, it says that very, it says evening came. This is why I want you to get like boom, 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 these things that happened. That very day, evening came, Disciples get on a boat to go, and they say they go several miles out in the Sea of Galilee. Storm kind of comes up, it gets kind of rough, and all of a sudden they see on the water, because Jesus wasn't with them, he didn't go with them, they see someone walking on the water, and it's Jesus. And there's that, the, when Jesus walked on water, it was the very night, according to the book of John, it's the very night after he just fed 5,000 people, okay? Then they end up on the other side of the Sea of Galilee, the very next day, the people that were on the the other side of the sea, they can't find Jesus. So then they get in boats, so, and they go to find Jesus. They go to the other side, and at, at Capernaum is where they're at now, on that side of the Sea of Galilee, and they find him. And if, by something that said later, it sounds like they found him in the synagogue. It, it makes it sound like they just found him right there, but I think he was in the synagogue. They find him, and they start asking him questions. And that's where we're going to pick it up today. So I just want you to understand, like, it's really important to understand. They, they heard about the miracles that Jesus was doing. It says, it says in uh, chapter six, verse two, that they had heard all the amazing things he had done to the sick, all the healings that were happening. They came and found him so that they could be a part of that. Then, you know, he feeds them all. Then he walks on water, you know, just to get to the other side. I mean, really, it's just kind of like, yeah, and he walked over because he missed the boat or whatever. And then, in Pranam, the same people, in the beginning of uh, chapter 6, 22, 23, 24, um, even 25, they're talking about the they, same people go across to find him. They find him over there, and they say, hey, where were you? say, so, where were you at? You know, hey, what, Jesus, what's going on? And they were still looking for him. And this is where we pick it up in verse 25. Okay, so look at John uh, 625. And just for reference, I'm preaching out of the ESV this morning um, just because when I was studying, there were some things in there I really felt worked. That's on the screen. If you don't have that, it's okay. Or if you're on your phone, get off of Facebook, open your Bible, and <laughs> pick the ESV, and you'll follow along, okay? So, anyway, verse 25 says, When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? verse 26 Jesus answered them, "Truly truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of loaves." So I want you to get the picture of what's going on. is these people went to find him because they were still hungry, because they got free food the day before. I know Joe, and Jesus calls them on it. He's like, "You're not here to see signs and wonders. He says, "You're here because you ate some food I gave you, and now you want some more." And what's crazy to think about is just the day before, it says they sought after Jesus for miraculous signs and stuff he was doing, for spiritual things, supernatural things. He feeds them natural things, bread, and then the very next day, they're just seeking him for those natural things, completely switched. So anyway, Jesus' response then, he says that and he continues to turn it to the spiritual truth. They're thinking that, hey, you gave us bread, They're like, hey, where were you, Jesus? He knows right away. He says, you're just looking for more of that, but let me tell you what you need. So verse 27 says, do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you, for on him God the Father has set his seal. So Jesus is saying, you are trying to get food to eat physically like happened yesterday, but instead that they should be taking that effort and they should be seeking the food that leads to eternal life. He says the the food that comes, from God. So verse 29 says, Jesus answered them, this is the work of God that you believe in him. Oh, sorry, verse 28 says, then they said to him, what must we do to be doing the works of God? So they he said the bread from God, basically they're saying, how do we get this? How do we, you said this bread from God, how do we get this? And he said, says, he answered them, this is the work of God that you believe in him. He, um, he has sent that God the father has sent. Sent. So they ask, How do we receive this from God? How do we get this bread that you're talking about? And he says, one thing. He says, Believe in him whom he, the Father, has sent. Okay. Now, there then they say to him, Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? See, they got they did get that Jesus is talking about Himself. He says, The one who, who was sent, because then they say, Well, then but this is the way they respond. Our father, uh, sorry, uh, then, then what sign do you do and that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Verse 31, our fathers ate manna in the wilderness as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Okay, I want you to get what's happening here. They say then, okay, if you are the one sent from God, then show us a sign. These are the people that just, had this miraculous feeding the day before and had just sought him because of the miracles he was doing. This is, they are still hungry. they're still, they, I think they're hangry. Anybody been hangry? <laughs> Our youngest gets hangry. And sometimes we're like, what is wrong with you, child? And then he eats, we're like, oh, okay, that was it. Like he doesn't know how to, you know, get it. But it's like, if somebody, I, I think they're, because they're still, they're still thinking food. And in, in, in some sense, they're actually, it seems like they're trying to manipulate Jesus here because they said, you know, what, well, what sign would you give? Our fathers ate manna in the wilderness, and as they said, because that was given by God. They had just eaten the day before, like miracle bread, you know, like the good stuff. And they, then the next day, when they say, well, what sign do you give about this bread of light, the, the, you know, the bread that you're talking about here? he said, what sign do you give? And, and they say to him, well, our ancestors, our fathers, our ancestors, you fed them bread every day. God gave them bread every day. And in a sense, they're saying like, well, if you're really from God, you would give us bread every day. Because if you don't know the story, if you don't know what manna is, if, you, if you're newer to church, you know what I'm talking about. When the, after the Israelites um, were... were uh, uh, released out of egypt when when god released them and the had the freedom they wandered in the wilderness and every day god would uh, give manna to them bread from heaven which is really almost like dew that would settle on the ground and they go and gather it up and every day they could only take what they needed that day if they tried to save more it would it would go bad and every day and this happened for 40 years okay for 40 years every day and this is the miracle they say they bring up to say well if you were god If you're the one sent by God, our ancestors had man every day, let's see that bread again. That's what they're saying, okay? So still hungry, still thinking real food, okay? So here's the thing. Sometimes we see these encounters with Jesus as like it's spiritual on all sides all the time. Um, And in this case, this is a very human encounter with Jesus. I mean, they had just experienced something miraculous, but then they come to God just very humid, very selfish, very just thinking about, well, you did this, um, and they're talking spiritual. They're talking very spiritual. Our fathers had manna from heaven, and what must we do to receive that kind of same thing? But really, they're just trying to get what they want. They couldn't see past their temporary needs and desires to see the eternal significance of the one they, they were encountering, okay? Anybody relate to that at any point? Okay, so verse 32 So this is Jesus' response to them trying to get manna. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, sir, give us this bread always. And again, still thinking bread. Okay, at this point, they're still wanting bread that he's talking about. Still thinking physical bread, magic bread, but they're still thinking physical here and then that brings us to our I am statement for today and Jesus said to them I am the bread of life whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst so that's I I say all that I hope you understand this is how we got here this is how Jesus is proclaiming to be the bread of life is they're seeking this bread they're seeking what just happened the day before and he says no 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 that's not really what you need But I did that so that I could help you understand that I am the bread of life and whoever eats this bread, so never hunger and whoever has this will never thirst. And in this case, he even says whoever believes will never thirst. And so then he goes on to explain that he is the bread sent from heaven and why. So look at verse 36, he says, but I said to you that you have seen me yet you do not believe. So here's, here's, what is, when Jesus says, I'm the bread of life, what does he mean? When Jesus says he is the bread of life, he is declaring that he is the source of eternal life. That's it. That's what he's proclaiming, okay? Everyone was thinking physical needs and physical bread and sustaining them. They were probably, they probably needed that in this, in, in, in this oppressed culture, in the Roman culture, but he's saying, no, no, no you don't need that. I'm telling you what you need is the bread of life. And when Jesus says, I am that, he is saying, I am the source of eternal life. That's what that means. Look down at verse 48. The next time he says, I am the bread of life. Verse 48, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven. This means the bread of life, me in, in Jesus' case, down from heaven so that you may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven, if anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. So that's, that's what Jesus is proclaiming. There is no arguing what this is. That Jesus is saying, I am the source of eternal life. That if you eat of this bread, you will live forever. And he even goes back and says, the, the, he, he mentioned the whole manna thing. He's like, your ancestors ate manna, they all died. They're gone. God was sustaining them. And so sometimes I think we think of the bread of life as like, oh, God will sustain you. And so that was man. God will, God will provide for you when you're in need. God will do those things. But he's saying, what's more important is I'm gonna provide eternal life for you. That's what you need. You ate the bread yesterday and that was good stuff. But, and it sustained you. It, it got you through the night. But I want to do more than just get you through the night. I wanna get you into eternity. And that's what he's proclaiming Today. See, Jesus understood that the the manna was more just, it was the preview. It was like the trailer, okay? It was like the, the first, and they keep looking back and saying, oh, that was good when God just provided straight for our needs and we didn't have any things. And he understood that. We were, uh, my wife and the boys were gonna watch a movie the other night. We had picked one out and then we were waiting for everyone to be ready and one of the boys, it was on the TV we were streaming it and, and and you know the trailer was available and he said, Can we watch the trailer while we're waiting? And I said, I said, No, we're gonna watch it anyway. Like we we don't need to be convinced to watch it. We already chose it. You know, to me it's like that's like it's just like clips from the movie. We're gonna see all those or whatever. So so we didn't and then we then we watched the movie and right at the end of the movie, like right as the movie's ending and going to the credits, one of the other boys says, Can we watch the trailer now? <laughs> I was like, No, we just watched the movie like and in his defense, I don't think he knew what the trailer was. I think he saw some other video that we were hiding from him. And so once we told him that, I think he kind of got it. But I feel like Jesus felt a little bit like that. In this, They're saying like, well, there's the manna and, and this God did this. And he's like, guys, you're looking at that. The feature is right here. that That was just pointing to what God was going to send. Just like he could send that and sustain you for 40 years. And you think 40 years is a really long time, but let me tell you, it's not a long time. He says, I'm here to give you life eternally. I'm here for, if you eat of this bread, you will live forever. And he's trying to help them understand. It is not about manna. That was just the preview, but it's a whole lot more than that. It's about eternal life. So let me ask you this challenging question today. Are you focused more on the temporal than on the eternal? Are you focused more on the here and now than you are forever life with the Lord and beyond this life? You see, Jesus cares far more about your eternity than your current situation. And when when I say current situation, I, I mean everything on this life here. And, and that's, not, that's, not, that's not a bad thing, that's a good thing. I'm not saying that God doesn't care about you in your, your current situation. He just fed these people the day before, just because they were hungry, and he just fed them. But God cared more about their eternity than he did about their here and now. He did care about that, and, and look, God will supply, he will take care of our needs, but more than that, he is concerned about your eternity. He's concerned about eternal life he's concerned about the spiritual and not the things that are of this world he does care about your life but he cares more to lead you in eternity with him to give you the bread of life so there's a point when I'm asking to receive something from God and I'm, I'm, I'm looking for God to do something that maybe I should be checking to see is this really something that I need or I'm just wanting, is this about me or is it about eternity and beyond? Is it something that I'm just, what am I focused on? That I should check my my heart in that. Am I talking really spiritual, but really I'm just wanting something for me? That's what these people were doing. It sounded real spiritual. Manna from heaven and they knew their stuff but they were just wanting something. Am I talking spirit? Am I, even when I'm presenting something to God, am I saying, God, would you do this and that? And I'm talking all spiritual and all the spiritual reasons, but really I'm, I'm just thinking about the here and now and what I want. Am I praying for God to do something in my kids' lives so that they have a relationship with, with Christ and, and that, but then really I'm just investing in everything right here and now. And I'm asking for God to do something. He's saying, but you're focused right here I need you to be focused out there and what's to come, or maybe it's something else in your life. You're thinking, man, I, if I could just... get this, Man, I'm reminded, I'm reminded all the time. Man, we live in a really blessed region. Like this region, there's there's money in this region. There's blessings here. I mean, I go into people's homes and I think, man, this is incredible. You know, and um, I'm like, I'm never gonna have that. But you know, but but part of it, I also think like. There's, it's, there's so much distraction in all that stuff. And I'm not saying that to condemn you. I'm not saying, I'm not condemning anybody that has a nice house. Um, if you wanna give it to me, you can, that's fine. You know, whatever. But I'm just saying, no, I'm not, I'm not condemning you. I'm not, for any of these things. If, 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 I'm not sitting here saying, how dare you? I'm saying, that's what we do. That's what we do. And it's so easy to focus on these things and the things we think we need and we think we want. And Jesus, one of the main things he's doing in this passage is trying to say, stop looking right here and start looking at eternity. Start thinking about what's beyond here because this is gonna pass away. This is gonna pass away. I'm trying to provide something that's so much greater than this. So much greater than this to have an eternal mindset rather than an earthly one. And see, when Jesus says life here in his word, he's not talking about the life here. And even when they first heard that, they were thinking, yeah, sustain our lives here. And he said, no, no, no. When I say I'm the bread of life, it's so much more than that. Verse 51, John 6, 51. We just read it a moment ago, but the second sentence in there says this, and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. You know, it kind of takes a strange turn here. He, talks, he says, the bread that I give is my flesh. He was talking about himself being the bread of life, but then he says, it's my flesh. And, and it was more than confusing to the people he was talking to as well. Because as you see in their response, in verse 52, it says, the Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Gross. Like, they really, I mean, it really was, it's like, uh, no, thanks, the bread yesterday was fine, we'll take that, yeah. I mean, there really was, like, it says they start arguing about, like, how is he gonna give us his flesh? And it was just kind of odd and weird. And then Jesus explains what he's talking about in verse 53. So Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, this is the bread that came down from heaven not like the bread your fathers ate and died whoever feeds on this bread will live forever man when you hear that description for us believers what does that sound like the flesh and the blood and partaking in those what does that sound like communion right it's very i mean this is this is before the last supper this is well before that this is nearer to the beginning of his ministry uh, this is before the crucifixion. It's very prophetic for what he's going to do for us, for um, how he, we, why he established that. But, but let me ask you this question. Did Jesus establish communion at the Last Supper you know, when he did that for his followers because of what he did for us or because of who he is for us? And I think, it's, I think it's both, I mean, they go together. But I, I, I make that point today to help you to see that in light of Jesus declaring that I am the bread of life, that it's not just about the act of the sacrifice that he made for us, but who he is that allows us to receive eternal life through that sacrifice, and that's why it's, it's both. But if it wasn't for the fact that he is the source of eternal life, his sacrifice wouldn't give us eternal life. And that's what Jesus from the near the beginning of his ministry is trying to say, I am the bread of life. I am the, there's even in the, in the beginning of the book of John when it says that there's, there was nothing that has been made that he, was not created through him. Jesus is the source of life. And when, he's, when he says life, he's not just talking about a good time here. He's talking about eternity. And that is who Jesus is. You know, but there's a, another very prophetic moment that happened back in verse 51, is when Jesus said, "'And the bread that I will give "'for the life of the world is my flesh.'" Jesus is, of course, prophesying about what he's going to do um, in, on the cross. And, and But even more than that, he's telling us why right here. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He says, I am the living bread, the source of eternal life. And I give that up for you. He, right there, he says, I give the, the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. He says, I will give my flesh. I will give myself, my life to you. I choose to die so that you don't have to. See, I understanding that Jesus is, is the bread of life understanding that jesus is eternal life and he is the source of all life is so important to really grasp what he did for us on the cross it's not just even about what he did it's who he is and what he gave up and what he had given for you and i it's it's he said he, he says that i will give for the life of the world jesus is eternal god is eternal that means, the Bible says he has neither beginning nor end. And if you're a math person, it's like a plane. It says it goes in all directions. Okay, I'm not talking about this kind of plane, okay? I'm talking about, you know, a plane. It goes in all directions. And if you looked all in one way, you would just continue to see it. All, every dire- God has neither no, beginning nor end. He's not in time like we are. And he has this, this, this never beginning, never end. And I want you to understand that. It's so important because in any point of that existence, he doesn't have to die. He naturally would never need to experience death. He chose to for you and for me. And when we grasp that, man, doesn't it just make the sacrifice so much more? It's not just some guy that died for us. It was the one who never needed to. His life was given so that you could have life. Jesus experienced something that he never would have needed to so that you could experience all that he is. He experienced something that he never would have needed to, death, so that you could experience all that he is, which is eternal. And that's why he gives us eternal life. So how do we partake in this bread? He says, whoever eats of this bread, whoever drinks my blood, uh, who eats my flesh, okay? And I just wanna say for all of you new to church, we're not cannibals, okay? We are not vampires, I promise, like relax, okay? But how do we partake in this? He was saying, he said, um, you know, that you have to, whoever eats this bread will live uh, forever, not just be sustained for a time. But Jesus tells us that, In verse 47, among other spots in here. But look at verse 47. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. You mentioned earlier, he said there was one thing. He said, just believe in the one who has been sent. He said, whoever believes has eternal life. It's about believing that Jesus is the bread of life that he is eternal life. That, And all that that means, all that we talked about today, it's saying, I believe that that is who Jesus is, that he gave his life for you and for me. My life has been bought at a price, the Bible says, and therefore, if I believe in Jesus, I believe not only that he is a source of life, but that is, he is the source of life, the only life worth living. And here's the thing, knowing about Jesus isn't enough. Look back at verse 36, he said, but I said to you that you have seen me, yet do not believe. Man, that is a powerful statement from Jesus. He's talking to people that were looking at him, that he had just fed by a miracle the day before, that had just been seeking after him because of the miraculous thing he's done. He said, but you have seen me, but you haven't believed. Man, that's challenging. Knowing about Jesus isn't enough. And so can I extol you, church, not just to see Jesus. Not just to know about Jesus. Not just to be in the crowd. It's a whole crowd of people seeking after Jesus to see him. But he says, it's not enough just to see me. You have to believe in me. Put your faith in Jesus. It's worth it. And whoever you are today, it's not, it's, never, it's not too late, it's not too early. Even if you've, you've seen Jesus for a long time, if you've known about, but you've never really put him as that, that's the source of life, then do not wait any longer. It's one of the main things Jesus is trying to get across and it's like, stop seeking these things. Don't just see me or be around me, but believe in me. This is one of those things as it goes on, this is one of the times that people said, man, this is a hard teaching. And they started walking, people started walking away. But that's not what God desires of you. John six forty, verse 40, here it says, for this is the will of my father that everyone who looks on the son and believes in him should have eternal life and I will raise him up on the last day. So can I just extol you, choose, choose eternity today. Choose, we, just, we sang a song this morning that's talking about this world's not my home and we look forward to that and that's exactly what, what Jesus is trying to get us to say. It's like, this is what the Father desires that everyone who would see Jesus would also believe in him and he would have eternal life and I will raise him up. God chose you for eternity. Will you choose him? Will you choose him? Would you bow your heads with me as we pray? Worship team, you can come. Heavenly Father, we thank you. God, I thank you for this statement. Jesus, when you said, I am the bread of life. God, I thank you that you don't just sustain us when we're in the wilderness, although I thank you that you do. But more than that, you give us life that's eternal. You give us bread that never goes away. Whoever comes to you shall not hunger, and whoever believes in you shall never thirst. I'll never have hunger or thirst again. Lord, today I just pray that would you solidify in our hearts that yes, you did an amazing thing on the cross, but it's because of who you are, of why that's so amazing, God, that you gave all for me so I could experience all that you are. Thank you, Jesus. just keep your eyes closed for a moment. I want to take a moment and just give an opportunity. If there's anybody in here that you have not put your belief in Jesus, you've not put your faith in God today. As we talk about Jesus, talking about believing in him and receiving eternal life, this is what he came to the earth for. And I just want to give you an opportunity today. If you say, I need to, I need to put my faith in Jesus. I need to not just see Jesus, not just come to church and punch the clock, not just be around Jesus, but I need to believe that he is the bread of life, that he is life and eternal for that. If that's you, would you just raise your hand just so I can see who I'm praying with today. I just wanna give opportunity. I'm not gonna force you to do it. as we end together today. We're not done yet. Sorry, you can't go yet. But I really felt like we should take communion together. You know, part of when, when Jesus established communion, as we call it, you're eating the Passover meal and he took bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body. Do, as you, do this in remembrance of me. He said, this is, as you eat this bread, you, you eat the flesh of the one God sent. And he said, if as you drink the blood, he says, just like you're drinking it, what he was talking about right here. This really explains communion, maybe more than any other passage of scripture does. And so I just want to encourage you if grab the emblems, and if you would, just stand with me as you get those. The ushers are coming around to give. And I want us to just take this with a heart of really knowing what it means. And I think, I'm not saying you didn't know, but I think it's good for all of us to be reminded, myself included, as I read this this week, I just thought, man, it makes it different when I eat the bread, the symbol of that bread, the flesh of God. And when I drink the cup, the blood of Christ and what that means. And so today, I wanna not only read some passages from 1 Corinthians that explain this when Paul was teaching on it, but also some of the things we just read today and put that in light of that. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-six 26 through 29 says, for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. You proclaim you believe in Jesus. Therefore, whoever eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. A man ought to examine himself before he eats the bread and drinks the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself." He says, whoever sees the Lord and doesn't believe, but pretends to, brings judgment on himself. And so I just wanna encourage you, would you just close your eyes all across this room? And can we just take this in a worthy manner today? If there's anything that you need to confess to the Lord, or maybe there's some of you, maybe you didn't wanna raise your hand, but you feel like you've seen, you've been seeing Jesus, but you've not been believing. I, and right in this moment, you don't need me to lead you in any prayer. When we go to community, that's the whole point. Salvation is right there. Saying, I take this, the, the body of, of this bread as the body of Christ. And what he, gave, he gave his life, his eternal life. He died for me, so then the, and, and he shed his blood. And that when I eat this bread and I drink this cup, I proclaim that I believe in Jesus and all who he is. So let's remember what we're doing today. And as we take the bread, Jesus said this, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh has eternal life and I will raise him up on the last day for my flesh is true food. Whoever feeds on my flesh abides in me and I in him. Whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread your fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever for I have received from the Lord what I also pass on to you the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed he took the bread and we had given thanks he broke it can we break that together he said this is my body which is for you and do this in remembrance of me can we take this together take the cup Jesus said unless you drink his blood you have no life in you whoever drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise him up on the last day for my blood is true drink whoever drinks my blood abides in me and I in him in the same way after supper Jesus took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it, and remembers in me. Can we remember and partake in the blood together? Now, can you just set that aside? And can we just worship God for a moment? Because he's worthy. God, we thank you for all you are. God, we proclaim that we believe in you, Jesus. God, we thank you for your flesh. We thank you for your blood. We thank you that you are the bread of life. Come on, church. Would you just praise God for a moment? God, we thank you. God, we lift our voice together as we just pray. We thank you for not just what you've done, but who you are, Jesus. For who you are, you are the bread of life. You are eternal life, Lord. You are awesome, God. As you step down, from eternity, to give your life for me, so that I can experience all that you are, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We praise you as the bread of life. We praise you, Lord. You are the living bread. You are the living bread. And God, I not just see you, but I believe in you today. I believe in you today. That I need you, I need you not just to sustain my life, not just to to, to help me and, and and give me what I, I need on this earth, but God, so much more than that, you have provided life for me and life eternal. Because as you said just a few chapters before this, that God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever should believe in Him would not perish, but have eternal life. And so, God, we just believe in you today. God, I pray for every person across this room that we would not leave this place without knowing, not just seeing you, but not just knowing about you, but knowing you and believing in you as your word says. And we would confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. And we would believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead and that we would be saved through it. God, we thank you. We thank you for all you've done and all that you are.